my great-grandmother. If she had lived, she would have turned 120 years old last November. A lot of things have changed in the last 100 years. That's what we're going to talk about next on the Driving with Rob podcast. In the last podcast, we talked about Highway 16, which is the road that goes through the middle of the town I live in, North Carolina Highway 16. And I got to thinking about my great-grandmother because when I first got to know my great-grandmother, she lived right on that highway. And I used to get to see her when I was little when my grandpa, the man that I called Papa, would take me with him to go check on his mother. Her name was Sally Esther Hovis, and she married my great-grandfather, Sullivan, Sully Perkins. Everybody called her Esther. And Grandma Perkins was born in 1899, and that sounds like a long time ago, and it was a long time ago. But was it really all that long ago? When she was born, there were still Civil War veteran soldiers walking the streets, And I remember she used to have a picture of her grandfather on the wall. And he had this just horrible, horrible saber cut right across the middle of his face. It was uh, a huge, ugly scar that went from one of his eyebrows to, to almost his jawline. And she told me that he wanted to have his picture made with that terrible scar. Because that was a battle scar and he was proud of it. And he fought in the Civil War. In 1899 when she was born, that was just one year after the Spanish-American War. When she was born, Queen Victoria was still alive and sat on the throne of Great Britain. When she was four years old, the Wright brothers flew the first powered aircraft at Kitty Hawk. When she was born, there were no planes. By the time she was a teenager, some 10, almost 15 years later, not only did everybody know about airplanes, they had outfitted these planes with machine guns and bombs to fight in World War I. See, 100 years ago would have been 1920, and that sounds like a long time ago. And in a way it was, but in another way it really wasn't all that long ago. See, by, ni- by 1920... World War I was already over. Woodrow Wilson had already won the Nobel Peace Prize for ending the war and starting the League of Nations. In 1920 was the year that she gave birth to my grandfather, the man that I called Papa for my whole life. See, Papa was born in 1920, three days after President Warren Harding was elected president. So they named him Warren Harding Perkins, and everybody called him Harden. I called him Papa. Well, when I was little, I used to go with Papa to go visit his elderly mother, who lived right on Highway 16. See, they had built a little house for her right in front of the old home place. And she lived there by herself until she was uh, in such poor health that she actually needed help. So she moved into a house where she was closer to her relatives, so it would make it easier for them to check up on her and make sure she was okay. A hundred years ago, it was called the Roaring Twenties. 
a period of time in American history. The Industrial Revolution was in full swing. World War I, the war to end all wars, was over. And America entered this unprecedented period of prosperity and financial growth. And the future looked really bright a hundred years ago. Around a hundred years ago is when Prohibition started. And I remember Papa saying that they never made moonshine, but they ran moonshine for people in this local area who did make it. Because my great-grandfather had a sawmill, which meant he had a truck. And what they would do is they would stack up the lumber and leave a hollow in the middle. And they would stack the moonshine in the middle and then put lumber on top of that so that you couldn't see it. And he said for all the years that they ran moonshine for people, they never got caught. Because as far as anybody knew, it was just a stack of lumber on its way to Charlotte. My grandmother, great-grandmother, was 21 years old when Babe Ruth joined the New York Yankees. By the time she was 30, the stock market crash of 1929 hit. And Papa used to tell me stories about growing up in the Great Depression. But I like Grandma's stories about the Great Depression better. Because he would tell the story about growing up during the Great Depression from the perspective of a child. Grandma Perkins was 30 years old trying to make ends meet, and trying to raise a family when there was no money coming in. There was no money to be had. There was no money to make. Nobody had any money. And I remember her telling me, yeah, we were poor, but we never really thought of ourselves as poor because everybody we knew was poor. Nobody we knew had any money, so we didn't feel any different from anybody else. What little bit of money they could make went to buy the things that they couldn't make for themselves. She said they would spend money on coffee and sugar and shoes for the kids. She and the other ladies who lived around near her made all their clothes and made all the clothes for the kids, but they couldn't make shoes. And she said, we got along okay because they had cows and chickens and pigs and that they would always butcher a hog in the fall, and they had a hand-dug cellar where they would hang the hams to let them cure. And they would can vegetables, you know, put them in mason jars and pressure cook them. And they had milk from the cows, eggs from the chickens. She said they only had meat about once a week, sometimes not that often, and it was usually on Sunday. And she said sometimes they had to buy flour, but they could usually trade and barter the things they made to get flour because grandma made biscuits every day. And she said in the summertime, the kids always went barefoot. They never put on shoes because you had to save your shoes for when school started. So in the summer, nobody bothered to wear shoes. And she referred to this time of the Great Depression as the good old days. And there were cars. Cars were a real thing, but nobody around here could afford them. My great-grandfather had a truck for his lumber business. And the lumber business, it was, it, whenever I heard stories about it, once the TV show The Waltons came out, it always reminded me of The Waltons. I said, well, my great-grandparents lived like The Waltons because they had a sawmill. They would go cut timber with a handsaw, a two-man saw, drag the logs up out of the woods with mules, sometimes drag them all the way to the sawmill. And then they would saw it up into lumber and they'd sell the lumber. And the lumber business was good until the Great Depression. 
and nobody was building. Nobody was buying lumber. And Grandma was about 30 years old, and she, she did the best she could, and she fed her kids. Nobody went hungry because they always had vegetables that they put up in mason jars and had jelly and jam that they would make from muscadines that grew wild on their property. And they would trade and barter. And one of the few expenses that they were allowed to actually pay cash for was mason jars and lids. Well, by the time Grandma was 34, on the other side of the Atlantic, President von Hindenburg of Germany, who was getting older and getting a lot of pressure from the socialist workers' movement, appointed Adolf Hitler as his second-in-command as Chancellor of Germany. And by the time Grandma was in her early 40s, her boys were old enough to be drafted for World War II. And during the war is when my mother was born. Mom was born in 1942. I don't know if Mom was her first grandchild, but she was one of the first. But all of her boys made it through the war, and all of them came home. And country music became rockabilly. And by the time Grandma Perkins was my age, there was this new kid that everybody was listening to on the radio named Elvis Presley. By the 1960s, her great-grandchildren started to be born. I was born in 1962. Marilyn Monroe was still alive. JFK was president of the United States. And we were in the midst of the Cold War. It was before the civil rights movements, before the hippie movements. And by the early 1960s, Grandma Perkins was about the age that I am now. She had already lived over half her life. And by the late 1960s, the United States put the first man on the moon. And the first of her grandchildren went to Vietnam. And by the time I was in my late teens, early 20s, Grandma was already in poor health. She had cataracts. She was insulin-dependent diabetic. She had arthritis. But she never got dementia. She never had Alzheimer's. Her mind was as sharp in her 80s as it had been in her 30s during the Great Depression. And she could still tell you the stories about the good old days and what it was like trying to raise a family during the aftermath of World War I, through the Great Depression, through World War II. And I miss talking to Grandma, because Grandma could tell you what was happening a hundred years ago, and make a hundred years ago seem like it wasn't all that long. And I remember her telling me one time that in her family, in the Hovis family, there were a lot of redheads. And that she had always wished that she had had at least one redheaded child, but she didn't. And she said, and none of my grandkids were redheaded. And she said, none of y'all, meaning the great-grandkids, had red hair. And I wish Grandma had lived long enough to see my three redheaded boys. Because she would have taken full credit for that Hovis red hair finally coming back in the family. And I miss Grandma and the stories that she would tell I never saw her angry. I never saw her upset. And when you think about all the things that she lived through and all the terrible things that she saw and all the great things that she saw, she just took it all in stride one day at a time. And when she would tell you about things that happened, what would have been a hundred years ago now, somehow it didn't seem that long ago. I miss Grandma Perkins. And that's the podcast for today. I hope you liked it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. 
Click on subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.